Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And in this podcast, we take topics from both health and fitness, as well as the business side of things. We run two businesses, SD Evolution and Fit Coach Pro, and have a pretty unique perspective because we've had a lot of success, but we are not quite at the top of the food chain yet. Our mission is to help break down these topics so you can learn in an easy to digest manner and apply them into your daily life. In today's episode, I'm here solo, just discussing some of the main differences that I have done, or just the main things I've done differently in this pregnancy compared to my pregnancy with Kai. And we are at 28 weeks. We're in the third trimester officially this week, so we are getting there, you guys. But I wanted to just kind of walk you through some of the things that I've done differently and just how I'm preparing differently for labor and delivery. So I'm going to go through my list here and some things are just kind of quick hitters. Other things I'll dive into deep, but you know, there's been obviously the main difference is just my provider, right? You guys have heard me talk about this before. I was with an OB clinic with Kai and kind of just went into it very blindly, but also somewhat naive and placed really all of my trust into these doctors when I should have been asking more questions. I should have been doing some research on my own. I should have just been, you know, taking the time to really just ask more questions, honestly. Um, And I think that was my biggest regret. I don't want to say it was a regret, but something that I wish I had done better and differently with my first pregnancy was just more advocating for myself. And I just didn't know that I could do that. I didn't know that it was an option to like decline things or say no to things or just really ask them why about certain things. So that's really the biggest difference was switching from an OB practice to a midwife practice. I'm with a group of midwives now that are absolutely amazing. Every time I go in there, I just leave there feeling so confident and so just empowered and just good about who my support system is. And honestly, your support system and your relationships really do matter and really do affect you so much in life in general, but also throughout pregnancy and your postpartum experience. I think it is just crucial to have at the very least, you know, a supportive person in your life. Maybe that's your doctor. Maybe that's your partner. Maybe that's your mom. It could be anybody. But, you know, taking the time to seek out and find a good provider that I really feel comfortable with, I think is going to impact labor and delivery greatly. It's already impacted my experience throughout this pregnancy, um, just as far as not being stressed and just really just going with the flow and feeling like I can relax a little bit more because I know I'm in good hands. So number one is that that is the biggest difference. Um, I have a list here though of a couple of other things that I just feel like you're kind of with your first pregnancy, you're, you're nervous, right? You're going through something for the very first time and it's almost like you're scared to breathe wrong or do anything wrong that's going to impact your baby. And that's not to say you should be reckless and careless, but there's so much more research out now and just varying opinions and 
different options that again I just did not really dive into or or just even like know existed before like I kind of just thought things had to be okay here's what you do listen to your doctor this is what they say that's what you have to do end of story um but you know there's such power in researching things for yourself and self-advocacy so one of those things that I have done differently is I've eaten sushi this entire pregnancy raw fish I am not scared of (laughs) and that was one thing that I really missed with my first pregnancy um you know the biggest thing with that is you just have to be careful of foodborne illness and the chances of you getting foodborne illness are much higher with something like lettuce or produce than sushi at least here in America um surprisingly here in America it is still just not a common thing for pregnant women to eat but in other countries it's actually um you know largely I don't want to say pushed but it's just it's just normal pregnant women are eating sushi raw fish um so you know the type of fish does matter I think you have to kind of steer clear from the stuff that's super high in mercury obviously um we don't want that but having sushi every so often is something that I have really enjoyed and has been fine um so that was one thing another thing that I am doing just a little bit differently is my approach to training and exercise so with Kai or I should say before getting pregnant with Kai for about 10 to 11 months prior to us getting pregnant with Kai, I was diving deep into coming off birth control, getting my cycle back, getting my cycle back regularly. Um, Obviously, when you come off birth control, you could get your cycle back right away, which is actually what happened with me, or it could take some time. I was on the pill for 10 years, so I just didn't know what was going to happen, but I did a ton of research and decided it was the best decision for me. We weren't actively trying to have a baby at the time that I came off, but I wanted to really just learn my body, give my body a chance to regulate before we did start trying and that was honestly one of the best things I've ever done I feel just so great knowing what is normal for my cycle how my body works that could be a whole nother episode so let me know if you guys are interested in that but you know I came off the pill and I I don't want to say I definitely scaled back training during that time um we weren't trying to conceive yet but I was just kind of in a phase where I really just wanted to prioritize my menstrual cycle health Um, and my cycle was fairly regular even coming off the pill right away it was just a little bit short it was a little bit wonky at first but after about three to four months it normalized and I was really just doing a lot of bodybuilding style training at the time. Um, I had switched from doing like powerlifting slash Olympic lifting, very heavy training, competitive level to kind of just transitioning to training for life, more of a bodybuilding focus, lower intensity. So I was not, I did not stop training by any means. Um, but at that time it was really just bodybuilding stuff. And I kind of continued that throughout that whole pregnancy, um, which was great. I did a lot of walking with Kai when I did get pregnant. Um, so I was still very, very active throughout that whole pregnancy. And I documented that whole thing on social media. Some of you may have been following since those days, but this pregnancy, 
you know, kind of just, I approached strength training a little bit differently in the sense that I wasn't as scared to lift super heavy. Um, and again, I think that just goes back into the mindset of it being your first pregnancy. You're kind of just scared of everything. You have no idea what's normal. It's your first time going through it. So, you know, I really, I wasn't in a phase with my first one that I was pushing the weight hard anyway, but I also was kind of just in that mindset of like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, do what I can and that's great. And it was great. Um, But this pregnancy, I've really been pushing and lifting just as heavy as I would without being pregnant, honestly. Um, Obviously scaled back a tiny bit, but for the most part, like, my main lifts, I'm still crushing some heavy weights and it feels really, really good. Some things that have changed as far as what research says and new research coming out. I touched on this in, I think, I don't know, one of the other pregnancy podcasts that I did. Um, but, you know, things like the Valsava maneuver. Um, so if you're not familiar with what that is, basically when you're lifting a heavy load, You're essentially bracing your core in a way that allows you to stabilize your spine. It's actually protecting your spine, Um, but it can increase intra-abdominal pressure a little bit. Again, it's just a couple seconds. It's for each rep. So that's something that I've been continuing this time, whereas in my first pregnancy, it was like a big no-no. There was no research on it. People were not doing it. Um, So, you know, the big thing with that is... You have to kind of think about everything else that you do in your daily life. And most women are holding their breath when taking a poop, when you're having a bowel movement. You know, you're probably doing a similar type of maneuver there. Um, And for me, as somebody who's still lifting heavy, you know, I want to protect my spine. I want to do things optimally. So just bracing in that way for those certain lifts is something that I'm doing now and has been totally fine. Um, and just again, really pushing the weight. I'm also doing cardio this pregnancy. I did not do any formal cardio in my first pregnancy. We would go on hikes sometimes. We, I, like I said, I would walk a lot, but I was not doing any formal cardio throughout that pregnancy. And the biggest difference that I've noticed from doing that is I don't really have as bad shortness of breath. Like with Kai, I remember I had extreme shortness of breath just from going for a walk down the road, like starting early on, like in the first trimester. And it just never went away until like immediately postpartum. And this time, like, yeah, I get a little out of breath talking, (laughs) Um, but it's nowhere near what it was with Kai. And I think that's just, it's super interesting, but also just, um, you know, goes to show what cardio can do for you. And previous to getting pregnant this time, some of you may know I was, you know, heavily running again. I was lifting and running and running long distance again. I worked up to running 10 miles and it, I just feel really good by doing both. So that has definitely been something that has been different. Um, but you know, I'm still following a program. I'm still progressing strength when I can and progressive overload still is happening. Progressive overload actually naturally happens throughout pregnancy. If you think about it. So progressive overload is not just adding weight to the bar or lifting heavier dumbbells. 
from week to week. There are so many ways you can implement progressive overload, overload into your programming. Um, it should be, it should sometimes be implemented in your programming, but you do have control over that as well. Even just taking shorter rest times, doing more sets, doing more reps, um, doing a movement more efficiently or faster, doing a movement with better form. But in pregnancy, obviously throughout pregnancy, your body weight is going up. There are lots of physiological changes happening with your resting heart rate and just you know how you feel overall. So if you think about it, even if you're lifting the same weight that you start with early in pregnancy and you're doing the same thing as you get through the second trimester or the third trimester, that's still progressive overload because you're moving that load under a harder circumstance, right? Um, so, you know, that's still happening, still following a program, not doing random workouts or anything like that, um, which hopefully will just help postpartum be a little bit easier too. It definitely helped last time. Um, so yeah, strength training, cardio, exercise in general, and just daily movement are all going really well and I think contribute to me having good energy levels. Like the other day, I was feeling a little tired now that we're in the third trimester. That fatigue is starting to slowly roll back in some days and I decided to, I was going to take a nap, but I was like, you know what? Maybe if I just get out, hop on the Peloton, do a little bike ride, I'll feel better. And sure enough, 45 minutes later, low intensity, I just felt so much better. I had energy to get through the rest of the day. So that's my little hack. If, And I know it sounds backwards, but we've talked about this before, even for non-pregnant humans. Moving your body, getting outside, going to do something active will generally make you boost your energy levels a little bit. So that's the strength slash cardio spiel that has changed a little bit. Some other things that I am doing this pregnancy that I did not do last pregnancy are going to therapy. So I'm still going, going once a month at this point. I was going to therapy weekly throughout our infertility journey when I was really struggling mentally um, and even through most of this pregnancy, the early parts of this pregnancy. And then I scaled back to monthly recently just because I feel like I'm in a good place, but I still want to go. Um, and that's been really helpful, just helping me start to prepare and think about the mental side of postpartum. Uh, my therapist is someone who specializes in pre and postnatal women. So it's really nice having her to lean on to just discuss all of the things, but also in those early days, like when it, my anxiety was very high due to our previous losses, just having that person to talk to that could, that was not like, in my inner circle. Um, it was really nice. So that's something that I'm doing differently that will hopefully just continue to compound and help with my mental health. And I plan on continuing that postpartum. Um, I'll probably switch to doing Zoom calls with her early in those early days, but just knowing that that's an option, knowing that there's somebody there, again, building that support system, investing in my mental health has been a game changer. Cairo. So I saw a chiropractor for the first time a couple weeks ago now. I was dealing with a little bit of like SI joint area related pain on one side. Um, 
And I did have this with Kai at an earlier point. And it, with Kai, it was more so related to training. Like I remember I was, I don't remember if I was squatting or lunging, but I remembered working out and something like triggered it. And I was like, oh, that does not feel good. Um, and it only hurt really when I was working out a little bit when I was walking. This time it was more so, it didn't, has not bothered me at all in training until actually yesterday. Um, but it was more so when I was waking up in the morning or just switching positions randomly throughout the day. Like if I went to get up in a weird way or get out of the car, or if I was carrying Kai like on my hip and trying to walk. So it was just really modifying those things. I also took away the pregnancy pillow and that helped tremendously. I think that was honestly making me really achy and like switching positions at night, trying to get comfortable with that big bulky pillow was just doing more harm than good. Um, so I took that away. That helped a ton. But I also started to see the Cairo because my midwife suggested like it can't hurt to also help get baby in the right positioning too. Like sometimes with um, babies that are breech, which baby girl was breech at our 20-week ultrasound, which obviously they're going to flip a million and one times from that point until like 36 weeks when they really care. Um, but she's like, you know, it can't hurt if you're worried about it. And as somebody who really does want to avoid another C-section and any of that, I was like, you know what, this is probably a great time to start just with the SI joint issues and preparing my body for labor and delivery. So I found this Cairo who is um, practicing the Webster method, which is a specific type of chiropractic care that caters to pregnant women. Um, and it actually can help turn babies who are breech. Um, so we haven't started that method yet. We will only do that like if I need to at the end, I believe, but just getting regular adjustments. I've gotten four adjustments so far in the last couple weeks and I feel so much better. <laughs> My pain is gone. Um, I just feel really good after I leave there. I just, it just, it, I cannot recommend it enough. Um, so that's been going really, really well and hopefully getting baby into the right position. But as of yesterday at my midwife appointment, she was head down. So we're good so far. So chiropractor, I also have done pelvic floor PT this time. Um, during my last pregnancy, it was something that I kind of heard about, but was not very familiar with. It wasn't something as, I guess, popular or big as it is now. And I knew it was important. I also didn't really have a ton of symptoms postpartum or even during pregnancy with Kai that I felt like I needed to go. And I haven't felt that way this time either. But my good friend, Jen Morgan, who is actually a collaborator and contributor to our postpartum guide that we are launching very, very soon within the SDE Method app and for our clients, um, she was over just filming stuff with me for that. And she's like, you know what? I'll do your pelvic floor exam while I'm here. So she brought her table and she went through it with me. And it was really interesting um, to have it done on myself. Like it was all things that I knew were important. Um, and again, I don't, 
have any symptoms. Like I'm not leaking at this point. Um, I don't really have any pelvic floor heaviness or pain or any of that. But it was really interesting to just have it done and also just relieving in a way, knowing that she could like give me the stamp of approval and say everything looks really good. Um, so we went through and she did an internal exam and she actually um, you know had me practice contracting my pelvic floor relaxing my pelvic floor which is going to be you know the most beneficial thing to practice and do when pushing giving birth and she said everything looked great I can definitely practice relaxing more which is very common with people who lift weights like we're very good typically at contracting it's just that relaxing part that can be really hard to do So she gave me some cues to work on there and we kind of just did an assessment. I have a little bit of tightness, I guess, or tension on one side of my, I don't remember what the area is called, but basically she told me I could do um, perineal massage, kind of just get my body ready to push out a baby. Um, So I'm doing that a couple times a week for just five minutes right now. And, you know, getting things in tip-top shape. And I would say, like, between, for everything I've said so far, everything that I'm doing this time is really just me doing it to check off the boxes and say, okay, I did everything I could to have a successful VBAC or to, you know, to get the labor and delivery that I quote unquote want. Obviously, we know we cannot plan what birth and labor looks like. We don't have a crystal ball. But, you know, I have a a general guideline of what I want that to look like. And it makes me feel really good going into it, knowing that I've done everything I possibly could. And if if something were to happen where we do need to turn to another C-section or you know, things don't go quite as planned, at least I know, okay, you did everything you could, you prepped as much as you could, you focused on all the things that you could have possibly focused on, you did your job, this is the outcome, and that doesn't take away from the fact that all of that was for nothing, like that was still for something, and you know, I think a big part of this, something we talk about a lot with you guys, is mindset, going into it with the right mindset, and For me, it's something I've already noticed has made such a difference, Um, and I'm going to kind of dive into that a little bit here. Um, Along with therapy, meditation has been a game changer for me throughout our infertility journey. As I've gone through this pregnancy, it has helped me stay mindful and not worry about what's to come or worry about what already has happened it truly keeps me in the moment. So that has been something I've also been, I've added in that has played a significant role in just how I feel this pregnancy, as well as continuing my cold showers, my cold exposure. And I don't care what anyone else says. They have changed my life. You guys have probably heard the story. If you haven't heard my story about why I started doing cold exposure. We have a couple episodes on it. If you scroll back a little bit, um, just sharing our personal journeys with it, why we started. But just to kind of give you the cliff notes here, we were like in the middle of, I think it was after our second miscarriage and I was having a really hard mental health day. Josh basically forced me into a cold shower. Um, At the time I was like such a hater 
for cold showers. Like I did a couple cold plunges at the time, but he was doing the cold showers every day. And I was like, I could never do that. That's not something that interests me. But I was at such a low point that day that he was like, you know what? I'm taking Kai. We're leaving. Take some time to yourself. But before you do anything else, go get in that cold shower right now. 30 seconds. That's all you need to do. And I guarantee you, you will you will wipe your slate clean. You will feel better immediately. So as much of a hater as I was at the time, I was at such a low point that I was like, fuck it. <laughs> I'll do it. So I get in the cold shower. It was so hard to even get in. It was so hard to stand there. But the second that I got out, I was like, you know what? I do feel a lot better right now. It almost just like allowed me to come back down to earth and get mindful and, you know, control my breathing and control myself under a stressful situation. And since that day, I've been hooked. I've done them almost every day since then. That was in April of 2022. And here we are, June 2023, seven months pregnant, still doing them every morning. My doctor was supportive of me continuing. And honestly, I think they're going to be a tremendous help with just the breathing part of labor and staying mindful. And the reason I think that is because obviously I've been through labor and delivery before. Um, My labor with Kai was about 15 or 16 plus hours before we decided on the C-section. And I didn't do any prep work as far as breathing or, you know, mindfulness, meditation, any of that for that labor. And I feel like I really just focused on it being a painful experience. And now, you know, I feel like I'm just so much more well-rounded when it comes to implementing mindfulness mindfulness into my life and also just getting into uncomfortable situations and letting my body know that I am calm through those comfortable situations. So discomfort breeds growth, obviously. But, you know, when I wake up every morning, the first thing that I do is have a few sips of water and get right into the shower, cold shower. This is not a shower for me to wash myself. It's literally just to do something mentally tough to start my day. It makes me feel more awake. It reduces my anxiety. And like I said now, throughout this pregnancy, my focus with it has been really, really honing in my breathing slowing down my breath, calming myself in a stressful yet controlled situation in hopes that I will be able to do the same, get mindful, calm myself, control my breath in the stressful event that is labor and delivery. So that is why I've continued and there are obviously many other benefits to doing them, but that is why I do them for the most part. So that's that's the mindset side of things that has changed a little bit. And then the last piece of the puzzle here, which kind of is all of the above, is just education and listening to birth stories, listening to unmedicated birth stories and, you know, the types of birth that I strive for, um, doing a lot of visualization. I think about 
what it's going to be like to go into labor and give birth almost every day in a positive way. It's not something that I'm scared of, really, despite going through it and having a traumatic experience with my first. Um, but, you know, just reading more about it, I read Ina May's Guide to Childbirth, which was amazing, and just sort of submerging myself into that world for the next three months-ish, maybe less. <laughs> um, and just being a little bit more prepared in that sense has been so helpful knowing, you know, I have a choice in certain decisions, in all the decisions, really. You know, I can request certain things. I can say no to certain things. And again, I didn't have that last time. So just taking the time to research and educate myself on the birth experience that I hope to have and hopefully that will pay off too. Um, but really that is, the, or those are the main differences. And those are the things that I am focusing on throughout this pregnancy on top of obviously the basics, you know, proper nutrition, drinking my water, all of the other things that we talk about on a weekly basis with you guys have continued throughout this pregnancy. But those are really the things that have differed and are things that I'm really, really honing in on to have the best possible experience now but also hopefully that bleeds over into uh, my labor and delivery so that is the episode I feel like I rambled on for a little bit but hopefully you guys got some little nuggets of wisdom if you are listening to this when you're pregnant or just curious how things have differed this time Um, but again I'm in just such a better place mentally physically I feel like this pregnancy has been just overall way more enjoyable and you know I'm sure part of that has to do with the struggle to get here but overall I just feel really good and excited and just just grateful so thank you guys for listening thank you for tuning in if you do listen and you enjoyed this feel free to let me know shoot me a dm on instagram but yeah that's the episode that's the pregnancy episode josh will be back for the next one with some sleep tips i think we're talking about so stay tuned for that and i'll talk to you next time